0: This is episode number 18, and this is Creating Space. What is happening, guys? Welcome back to the show. I am extremely elated to bring this guy on to the show. This is championship bloodline in his finest. This is Mr. Shea Emery. Who is Shea? Well, Shea is a two-time Grey Cup winner. Now, what's the Grey Cup? The Grey Cup is the Super Bowl title in the CFL. He's got two championships. Everywhere Shea went within the CFL, Shea won. Not only that, Shea has a beautiful family, one that all men across Canada and the United States should be definitely jealous of. But most importantly, and the reason I want to bring Shay onto the show, Shay has now transitioned from a CFL middle linebacker, one of the best in the business, to the face of men's health in Canada. So, with no further ado, let's get to the business. I want you guys to give a big creating space welcome to Shay Emery. What is happening, guys? Welcome to the show. Shea has a bit of a resume, so bear with me for a second as I roll out the red carpet for this guy. Shea is the 2008 number seven overall pick for the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL draft. He's a two-time Grey Cup champion. He's the 2012 Defensive Player of the Year runner-up as well as the 2012 Canadian Player of the Year runner-up. And now he is the CEO of Wellman. Shay, what is happening, my brother? A lot.
1: I'm also a, <laughs> also a father of two, which is probably the, the one thing that I have to put out there else my wife would be mad at me. But uh, no, man, it, uh, things are flying. And uh, post-football, post-sport life is, uh, has really been uh, kicking me in the face. And, I, and I've been swinging back. And it's been uh, quite the battle. I'm having a, having a good time doing it.
0: Well, I will have to say this, there are pictures on your Instagram and on your Twitter, all of your social media of you raising the gray cup, which is the Super Bowl trophy for the CFL. For those of you listeners who do not know you're raising the gray cup and there is a big smile on your face. You're excited. But the smile you have on your face when you're raising your kids in the air and you're with your wife, it is very clear. What is the top priority in your life, and that is so awesome to see, man. What is that like? What What is it like being a dad?
1: It's different. You only get so many gray cup moments where you get to finally lift that great cup up, and it, you know it's a tremendous feeling, uh, something that you've worked towards your whole life, and then you finally get to to raise a child, and now I have two children, and and it's like like I get to do that every day, and it's, I know it sounds corny as as all as can be. But for me, truly, I look at my kids and my kids interacting with my partner, and I'm just like, this is this is super awesome. I'm having a great time, but it's stressful as all hell, just like being a professional athlete. Here's the significance of what makes Shea Emery Shea Emery.
0: Not only is he a men's health advocate, and he does this through the Wellman product, Project, but the way you live your life, everything is outdoors. We'll get to what the Wellman Project is a little bit later, but the way you raise your kids and spend the time with your family is all outdoors. I mean, I follow you so closely on social media. You're out in in vineyards and there's livestock around you and it's just wilderness and axes and trees. And oh man, it's the coolest
1: life. Where do you generate that love? It's such a great question, Wes. Thank you. Um, You know, to truth be told, it's, uh, it, it was a long time coming. So when I was young, I spent a lot of time outdoors with my, with my mom and my dad and my family and just with the stuff that I was doing, especially in the summertime. And uh, when I went into professional sport and I realized I was gonna be de- dedicating my life to this game of football, um, I, didn't, I didn't let anything else get in my way. And that included fun. I included going outside and taking care of myself in the ways that I know now make me happy and make me f- and allow me to feel free. And so, 2011 comes around, I get a really bad concussion, and I look at my life and I'm sitting there like, Wow, I don't know if I can play football anymore. And I don't have any passions a- aside from football. And that's when I started to really get into practicing yoga, and that taught me around, you know, being mindful and creating space in my life creating space for me to think clearly and and then i started going outside and hiking and then i was like i need more of this i need mountain biking. i need snowboarding i need whatever i can do to to get outside i need to do and so i cultivated um businesses in my life uh experiences in my life that are a byproduct of me getting outside and it's really just i i've now focused all of my attention on Uh, businesses and endeavors and ventures and relationships that take me outdoors and even move into Whistler outside of uh, Vancouver. uh, We decided to move up to the mountains because we want to create more opportunities for us to simply walk out our door and be at a hundred foot waterfall. (laughs) You know, that's what we want.
0: How incredible. and the dichotomy of the experience, right? In order for you to get to that point in your life, you had to suffer a crushing blow through a concussion—the one that debilitated you enough to where you had to sit in uh, inside. Probably, I, you know, I would assume you had some uh, sensitivity to light and all of the things that come along with concussions. Is the concussion what began? the decline uh of the interest in football for you or was it the understanding that there was this other side of you that really kind of cared about your health and wellness that started to grow and then the importance of football started to to diminish
1: yeah i mean you, you hit the nail on the head i had this uh this symbiotic relationship with football that gave me this mask this facade that i could put up and when uh, I went through this process, got the concussion, realized that you know football is not necessarily the best thing for myself personally, for my health. Uh, I no longer, I, I started to dive deep and really gain confidence in who I was off the field, and then I no longer needed that mask. I've created uh, a purpose and an identity outside of sport that has allowed me to feel comfortable walking away from the game. I put, you know, a couple years. Earlier than I would have ten years ago if I was a guy playing ten years ago. Now there's the, the knowledge around uh, concussions and and just the recognition of what else is out there. You know, with the how connected we are nowadays. I mean, we're having a conversation here across the, on the other side of the continent. Uh, I just started to recognize and be able to read and and absorb as much knowledge about what's out there for me to be able to step away from the game with. Uh, as an educated decision one part being what's been damaged inside my brain but also what's out there for me to reconnect myself with the things that i've been passionate about my whole life you've stepped away pretty confidently you know we
0: met what was it three years ago 2014 i believe almost yeah. three years ago and we were sharing a very similar journey at the time i yeah, I think you were just coming out of your concussion stages and I was really just about to enter my mm-hmm. own darkness. So we, you recognized that in me and you began to kind of put your arm around me and become a little bit of a mentor. And that's where this relationship has begun. When you look at athletes like myself stepping out of their sport with confidence to understand that there's so much more opportunity. And then you look at guys like Calvin Johnson, Megatron, you know, and the number of players from the San Francisco 49ers who have decided, Patrick Willis decided, hey, you know, I'm, I'm finished. It's no longer worth it to me. Does that give you even more confidence to let you know that, hey, things are changing, people are, are becoming more conscious?
1: You know, the whole football concussion, I mean, just concussion situation in professional sport, and sport in general, is just a massive Pandora's box that if you open it up, it's 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 it can go a million different ways and different tangents. And, uh, you know, seeing all the, the athletes taking the initiative and, and the responsibility upon themselves to, you know, gain the information and understand what they're doing to their bodies and then still make a decision to go out there, that's their own prerogative, and, and some guys love doing it, and that's, that's great. And, you know, I got my my last concussion this past season and i said i'm done i don't need to do that i got two kids you know i got one kid and i got another one that i didn't know i was gonna have yet <laughs> <laughs> and you know just realized that uh there there's this there's this situation within it's it's like the you know the big white elephant in the room that every athlete has to deal with in soccer and and, in football and hockey and in every really contact sport that you can only go through so much and, and understand that, you know, there's going to be repercussions down the line. And I'm just now trying to combat those repercussions with this, this desire to become as healthy as possible. And I'm not sitting here saying that I don't stop it, you know, the burger joint every once in a while when I've been working 10 hours, 12 hours a day on this event and I'd just be like, you know, I'm, I have my weakness, my points of weakness just as much as anyone, if not more. And I think that internal battle comes from what I've experienced in the past. And it's something that I just like I have created Wellman for myself selfishly because I need these experiences. I need these conversations. I need this, this brotherhood in my life that will hold me accountable and get me outside and really connect myself with myself, but also with others. There's so much passion who's in from your pores. I love the Wellman
0: idea, the projects that you have with it. But for the listener who's thinking, what is Wellman? And and they're listening to hyper-masculine individual, a guy who used to take people's heads off for a living, now talking about going in this men's health
1: initiative. What What is Wellman? Wellman's a Men's Adventure Club. It is aimed at rewilding men to their truest state. It's, it's aimed to, you know, the, the main goal is to reconnect men with themselves through an adventure, through an adventure within, through an adventure to figure out what you're passionate about through real-life, hands-on, get-your-fingers-dirty experiences. And uh, it was created about... I would say two and a half years ago, simply because I wanted to provide an opportunity for men to feel comfortable being themselves. And then that's the launch point. You know, our Wellman Adventure is the launch point into really making decisions elsewhere in your life that you want to really, you know, get into and, and uh, you know, sink your teeth into a goal. And, and that's where we really... You know, thrive is is when when we realize where we're at and we gain perspective on our lives and the lives of others, we really gain confidence in the fact that we make our own decisions
0: it's incredible i've seen videos of you hiking up to the top of peaks with a group of 20 30 40 maybe more people and yelling at the top of your lungs at the top uh, in this beautiful scenery i've seen guys throwing axes um for sport i've seen yoga being done in the in the massive wilderness it looks like the ideal experience for the the man Um, but what are they what is the goal for the man who goes to the Wellman Project to find in
1: leaving the Wellman Project? Wellman's goal is to ignite an adventurous brotherhood. And within that adventurous brotherhood becomes accountability, becomes relationships, becomes conversations that, you know, go offline and becomes conversations where guys are like, you know, I'm kind of going through a situation situation with my wife or I'm kind of, you know, I'm having financial woes or whatever. And if, if men are too proud to have conversations around that, they're never going to feel comfortable reaching out for assistance, for support. And I want the
0: listeners to, I understand through experience. So I'll give you an experience that I'm going through here in Charlotte, and I want you to give me the well-meaning experience of how the brotherhood will fix it. Okay, so in living in Vancouver and being um, exposed to that type of lifestyle, I became really comfortable with going to yoga and you yeah. know wearing the Eurofit clothes and being really confident with this human that I was starting to be, because at one point in my life, I saw this guy who was at the Sunrise on Third Beach in Vancouver. It was this, I couldn't find out he was a doctor. And this guy was doing like Tai Chi at Sunrise on Third Beach. And I was riding by on my bike, like just all in my head because, you know, the pressures of being a pro athlete. And I see this guy doing Tai Chi on the beach, just moving with grace. And it was the coolest thing that I've ever seen. And it was, it literally captivated me. I stopped and I watched this guy for like five minutes. And then he finished and he, he came over and sat beside me because he knew I was watching him. Right. And I was just like, "What? what is this? What are you doing? And he explained to me that he's a doctor and that, you know, this is a way for him to get rid of all the pressure that he has of having to take care of people's health and that mm-hmm. I should really look into it and so on and so forth. So that kind of began my spiritual journey where I started to figure out that I don't have to be this man and go lift weights all the time for me to feel manly. I can do other things. Now, uh, a few years later, I just started to get really comfortable with showing up with a yoga mat and wearing the clothes, you know, the jogger pants with the Euro look. And now I'm plucked out of that environment. I'm in the Charlotte, North Carolina, the Mm -hmm. Southeast, which is the epitome again of hyper masculinity and now i feel myself feeling judged maybe feeling maybe looked at as feminine Mm -hmm. and i struggle with it a bit because i feel like that perception is not me what am i dealing with there
1: is that a classic issue i'm dealing with i mean i think the the best part about it is you're being yourself and you're understanding what these outside uh factors are, are doing to your mind. And uh, I feel like, you know, I think you said something about uh, on your Snapchat or your Instagram story or whatever you're dealing with over there. <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, you said that a couple of days ago, you're talking about haters and, you know, whatever the saying is doubters, people that are judging or ridiculing you for being yourself. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I had dealt with that my entire life because I always I was so concerned with outside factors and trying to please everyone else that I wasn't pleasing myself. And I think that like, if you understand where that guy's head's at when he's doing his Tai Chi and he's just like, he's where he needs to be. You know, he might be a guy that's on the beach and people might be looking at him, but he needs to be there doing that to make himself be himself, to allow himself to, to be comfortable and free and, and, uh, and I guess, uh, not, not really inside. It's more outside being himself. And I think, with regards to what you're dealing with in, in Charlotte, is the people that are that you're dealing with are they're afraid of being vulnerable. They're afraid of being themselves because they see that in yourself sure so for the individuals who may be listening
0: who probably most everyone feels this in a human experience right that that fear of being judged and they'll make decisions out of fear and they will not do an action or something that they want to do because they're afraid of how it will be interpreted what, what's your advice or what are some ways you've dealt with that in your life that have that have helped you push through that fear
1: as i said earlier i mean i'm not perfect and i go through that every single day every single day i i don't call someone i don't i don't post something i'm horrible at the social media thing because i have this like constant like quit talking about yourself thing i'm like you're not, you're not that cool type deal <laughs> when really i'm just it's part of our human experience now and I'm, I, I'm still trying to get used to it so i guess the first thing is i'm not perfect and i have to deal with that conversation in my head 24 7 365 because i've I have these connections, these synapses in my brain that are so strong because of, you know, my 25 years of thinking that way before I started to make this decision to be myself. And my advice for that is always to find that passion that you're, that you're thriving in and just spend as much time going out and getting, putting your energy into that as possible. And that in strengthening those connections will, will silence and put the blinders on to all those outside factors.
0: It doesn't matter whenever you're locked into that uh, energy source. Well, a great quote that you have on your profile that I love, and I I was even thinking about at some point, tattooing it on my body. It says, fear is an untapped
1: energy source. Unreal, so that was from a book called Force of Nature, and you need to read it. It's a short read, Force of Nature, Laird Hamilton, big wave surfer. He's a white dude, lives in Hawaii. I think he's married to a old school volleyball babe. And so it's called The Force of Nature. And this quote just like spoke to me and the whole book was just like this, these bombs going off in my head about how to connect with nature as this energy source. And when he said he was talking about like going down this hundred foot wave, you're going 70 miles an hour or whatever they're going. And all of a sudden it's like, if you don't focus on this, this, this task at hand, if you don't focus on physically managing your situation, you will die. And he said that fear of dying while on these massive waves, you know, on jaws in Hawaii is the energy source that allowed him to become the best big wave surfer in the world. And that's when it spoke to me. It was like fear. My fear of this, that, and the other thing is what's going to make me great. My fear of, of being ridiculed, being judged, being, uh, you know, being inadequate is what's going to make me far surpass those expectations of myself and so and that comes in life that comes in fatherhood that comes in every aspect of my life and like i said not perfect but i'm using the fear of not being good enough not doing this not doing that to go and do it I talked about how fear—you can
0: use it to boost your commitment levels uh, in life, and that's just what you're talking about right there. Give me a couple of uh, examples of things you do on a daily basis to put yourself over the fence of fear and into the fence of action and a- activity to put sh- put you in the right
1: direction. Well, the uh, a couple of years ago, I had this situation where I was just—I I was just like, "Why is this happening? Why? Why are my ideas not?" happening? Why is it not taking place? Like why are these events, these thought processes like why are they not being manifested? And there was action. I didn't have action in my life. And I didn't get out and execute. And the difference between myself and, you know, people that I was looking up to that were getting the accolades and getting doing the events and doing all the cool things, they were being actionable. And so my wife and I had this conversation around action and ever since that point I've just said, you know, fuck it i'm i'm gonna do this i don't care if i'm gonna fail and since that point i think i've done 25 woman events but i've also canceled about 10 because <laughs> I, sure you know so there was a there was like the fear of failure beforehand and now i still battle with that fear of failure but now it's like i need to go and do this and if i fail i fail but if i if i don't do it then i'm going to be sitting in the same situation What is a piece of failure that you've
0: overcome in your life that's changed your direction and been some of the best teaching moment
1: you can look back to? Hmm, It's a good question. Um, I think the the fact that I've, I mean, if I'm being completely transparent, I just had a company and uh, I, I tried to launch this company for about eight months. And, uh, after about eight months, I had a partnership issue and we failed, you know, we had to dissolve the company and, and I put a lot of time and energy into it and, you know, risk my family's well-being and my this time spent with my family, it pulled me away from my family energetically and physically. And, uh, you know, really put a strain on the relationship with that I have with my wife. And, uh, you know, that was really the biggest teaching is really like, you know, what are your priorities? And my priorities are, spending time with my, my family and, and being a, a father that's there and, and accountable and and uh, also does this, you know, that has the work life and, and has has the family life and, and has an, the ability to, to manage it all. And, and I guess being that I'm a new father, my kids are, you know, I have two kids under the age of two, I'm still learning and I, I don't think I'll ever stop learning. And I think that, that teaching really early on in my life, having that failed partnership and and having it take so much time away from my family, my business life takes so much time away from my family and how it affected my relationship with my wife is really a teaching that, you know, family comes first. And uh, I've really been able to, over the last month, you know, we have this saying, it's called more of this, more of this and like, so when we take a picture, we send it to one another. It's like, we look at each other, it's more of this. Our kids are laughing my kid's got sand in his mouth you know there's there's a couple of beers on jericho beats being popped and paddle boards and we're swimming in the ocean and we just look at each other and i said more of this like this is what we need more of." oh man that sounds
0: incredible you have reached A pinnacle that I aspire to be. You've had a TEDx talk. And your TEDx talk, which was phenomenal, by the way, that TED talk was about redefining masculinity. You being the guy for football for a long time in the CFL, how are you going to teach
1: masculinity to your son? I'm going to give him a blank canvas. And I love how I'm talking to you about this because it's part of Wellman, and that's why i think we vibe so quickly and i i've equally followed what you've been doing um and i'm going to give him a blank canvas i'm going to give him as many paint brushes and utensils um and canvases as as possible and allow him to go be himself and do the same thing with my daughter and uh, when i say blank canvas i mean literal like it could be a piece of fabric it could be it could be a rock it could be a an axe it could be anything but i just want him to create his own passions in his life and 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 allow him to really dive into those passions when he becomes passionate about something and i've always said to you know I, I got my kids a tank you know he's yeah. he's super mobile super outgoing and gregarious. I'm just talking about my son here. Cause my daughter's three months old and she's just a gem, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I have a son and they're like, he's going to be a football player. You know, the, the stat, the, the pretty standard response. And I'm sitting there like, I, I don't want to say he's not going to be an athlete, but the kid can move he's also super gregarious and has this personality that just makes people light up. And so I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be a performer or a, you know, just uh you know, maybe he's going to be the next Steve Aoki. And I just, I was just like, I watched this documentary last night. And I'm like, I don't know what my son's going to become. And I don't really care. I just want him to be happy and be passionate and be himself. And that's the, the the I guess, the internal mantra that I'm trying to teach myself is just like, when people say, how are you going to teach your son how to be a man? It's just be yourself, be a gentleman, be, a, be chivalrous. So your daughter, three months old, she's beautiful. Lighting
0: smile, I mean, just a catalyst to ignite another smile in another human being. What has she taught that man in the mirror, that hyper-masculine man
1: about himself? Uh, it's very interesting that we were given a daughter a second time around because I always, even in my, my TEDx talk, I talk about vulnerability as the birthplace of love, joy, belonging, courage, and empathy. And for me to have a daughter and for me to uh have a have a relationship with a a young woman i, I need to be vulnerable and when when i'm a hyper masculine male and i'm stuck in this this outdated perception of masculinity uh, and my daughter comes to me with an issue as a twelve year old girl and I'm sitting there hmm what do I do with this? Do I be a stoic alpha male and not talk to her and and just say, go talk to to your mother or do I handle it head on? Because my wife's on a two week book tour and I'm the man, I'm the guy that she's talking to. I'm the one that she's reaching out to. That's where I know that vulnerability is going to be a big, play a big role in being a father to a daughter, but all and openness and mindfulness is going to be that, You know that uh, equally as much as important as vulnerability and it it just it's about being human with that that relationship that's incredible man what
0: what an army of beautiful individuals you have in your life shay i'm i'm um i'm so proud of you man i've seen the idea come to fruition i've seen you battle with what I knew, maybe what you didn't show, but what I knew was a tough decision in, in stepping away from the game. You did it mm-hmm. gracefully. You did it with a smile. Your TEDx talk, I've, I've, I must have sent it to other, over 50 males in my life who were, were asking me, you know, how have you begun to come comfortable with yourself? And, you know, how are you doing art? I can't, you know, I'm like, watch this, watch this. This is a buddy of mine. Uh, engulf this. Allow this information to soak you in, and you have to commit yourself to it. What are you committing yourself to now, Shay? As you continue to evolve and redefine yourself,
1: organization. You know, really, with two kids, uh, it takes over your life. You know, my wife and I are both self-employed entrepreneurs, and uh, scheduling is is a big part of, and n- neither one of us are very good at it. And I'm, I have to commit to fitness, to taking care of myself, to enabling myself to give my wife the time to take care of herself. And then, you know, for us to move throughout the day with, you know, confidence in ourselves, because that's what we're preaching. We're preaching confidence, we're preaching communication and, and vulnerability. And if we can't practice those things ourselves, um, you know, it'd be hypocritical to, to go out and preach it out to the world. So the biggest thing for me is, is getting in my fitness and getting in getting in my my relaxation time, whatever that means. Relaxation as in like going working out and having that huh oh, afterwards or meditating or going out in nature or, you know, having a conversation with a friend, whatever gets me outside my head and allows me to kind of be present, I think I need to practice that every day and that's what I'm committing to. Awesome. There, there are a lot of cool little websites, man, that can help you
0: with that scheduling. I have that same problem. The Calendy website is actually awesome uh, for those individuals who are there. A lot of us out there who don't have the proper education of how to properly manage ourselves, especially athletes, man. We had people taking care of our schedules our entire life, right? That was something we didn't need to, to worry about. Um, As we round this thing out, Shay, I, I, I really want to say how grateful I am for you having come into my life and just being able to be exposed to your journey to help add value to my journey and and allow me to know that I'm not alone when I'm feeling like I need to step away from this game because it doesn't serve me and my body any longer. Um, I'm I'm grateful for that. What
1: are you today grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for... uh... The relationships that this conversation has created in my life, and and you know my my journey uh, has uh, has brought a lot of men and and people into my life that uh, would not have I, I would not have been open to having conversations or relationships previous to this, and uh, so you know I just throw it back at you. I'm grateful for you know what you're doing. In your market over there and trying to do in your world in your universe and uh and i think that you know the biggest thing that i'm grateful for is the fact that i'm still here and i I have you know the future ahead of me and and a and a optimistic mindset towards life and and family and happiness and all that so I, i think that that optimism is what i'm grateful for I'm all about law of attraction and manifestation in my life. I believe it to be
0: true. When I was younger, I had posters of professional athletes all over my walls. It was the only thing, Shay, that I thought about. Um, I'm drawing a line in the sand right now, Shay. Anyone listening, especially you, Vic Howie, if you are listening, buddy, uh, I would love to work in conjunction with Shea Emery in bringing Wellman to Charlotte, specifically the Whitewater Center, bringing an experience to men in the Southeast to be able to go outside of their mask of masculinity and become in touch with their vulnerable side and experience the, experiencing that in a team dynamic with Wellman Project, other men becoming vulnerable. I think that there is, there is a massive hole in the southeast in particular all over the all over the world really but in experiencing it now in charlotte vic anyone else who has the powers that be i think there's a real need for it and i think it could change a lot of people's lives and myself and the creating space team shay if you would be so willing who would love to be able to work at some capacity in bringing wellman uh project what you have, your idea here to Charlotte and hosting that. And I'd love to do it within the next year. Do you think that could be physically
1: possible? Well, firstly, I think, vic uh, he's calling you up, man. <laughs> <met him. laughs> he's calling you up. Um, I know we had conversations about this before. I looked it up on online, and uh, and it looks like a pretty rad space that you guys got going on over there. And I'm just trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to... Uh, collaborate with people doing rad things uh wicked things all over the world and uh and yeah let's have a conversation let's get one of these calendly things going and uh, figure out a time for us to hop on and and figure out what uh, what would work and uh and and if i can't get a you know a free trip to to see wes's artwork on on display in some museum over there i I,
0: (laughs) You know, listen, for those listeners who aren't sure, Vic Howie is the creator, actually, of the Whitewater Center. I was very fortunate to have him on the show a, a few months back. Great guy. He he is the man. He makes things move. Shay is the same. He makes things move. And, guys, I'm I'm so grateful to be able to bring Shay onto the show and allow you to see all of the greatness that he has. There's a lot of greatness coming forward. Last question for you, Shay. In this life... In this experience, as you have done and become so many different things, when you look back on your life and you look at that kid who was so passionate about being first a quarterback and then got turned into a middle linebacker, but loved football, loved the game, and it was his identity. If you could walk up to that guy at a moment in your younger years where that passion was flowing through you, would you redirect that guy out of that?
1: would you allow them to go through it again i would not change the direction of my life i would have expressed a uh, an openness to taking risks and not being afraid of failure and i would have said do everything that you're doing continue to rock out on the football field and be present and just get into a flow state of mind, I would tell him to also do that other areas of his life, like go cliff jumping when you're 12 years old and do backflips and, and uh, you know, take risks and have fun and, and be yourself. And that's how I would really try to, I guess, add another lane next to the, the, the lane that I already took. Shay, you're an inspiration. Guys, it's been my pleasure.
0: Shay, I, I wish you so much more of the best. I can't wait to see you and I hanging out at the whitewater center in Charlotte In uh, in less than a year's time, I, I will do what I can to, to bring that to fruition. Shea, where can people find you and connect with you and in, in the social realm?
1: Well, you can, you can hook up with us, uh, at underscore Wellman W E L L M E N, uh, or you can find me at Shea Emery, um, on pretty much just Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Not on Snapchat, but uh, yeah, Wellman is uh, wellman.org and you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, and yeah, man, we're just uh, we're rocking and rolling and trying to get this thing going. So let's uh, let's let's come down to Charlotte. I love it. Connect with him. He is the man, Shay.
0: Thank you so much for coming on to the show, dude. Have a great rest of your week, okay, brother. Likewise, Namaste, Shay Emery, ladies and gentlemen. What an awesome opportunity to sit with a guy who's making real strides for men's health and notably making an impact. Guys, listen up though. Emotional intelligence is probably the most important intelligence that we can withhold. Make sure you tune in. If you're afraid to cry, cut that shit out, man. It's okay to shed a tear. It's okay to talk about your feelings with your wives, your loved ones. It's important to take what you're holding within and release it, no longer allowing the clouds of your emotion to fog your decision making. It's time now that we step outside away from our emotions and make more emotionally intelligent decisions when it comes to every facet of our lives. This is the next evolution for males in society. Clue in, do the self-work, grow yourself. If you enjoyed this message, make sure you're passing it along to any of your friends that you feel could be impacted as well. Make sure any of the times that you do that, you're tagging me on social media so we can engage, we can talk about the experience, and we can continue to bring you individuals on the show that you're inspired to listen to. Next week, big announcement. Make sure you stay tuned to Creating Space so you can see what's happening in late October. Guys, I wish you the best of days. We'll see you soon. My Set Monday, right around the corner.